I think that my nervousness never really went away for a while, even after we adopted him. But it was more or less just trust that with your confidence that we can handle this, that yes, we can, and that I, I can get over it. Happy With a Dog Wednesday, everyone. This is the With a Dog podcast, a podcast for the modern dog parent. I'm your host, Carly, and I interview veterinarians, trainers, products, and some really awesome fellow pet parents about how you can get the most out of life with a dog. We have a very special guest on this week. He is the man behind the Instagram pics, the majority investor in the podcast, (laughs) and he is my own personal hot dog dad. My partner, Michael, is joining us for a special Father's Day episode. I am so happy he finally agreed to come on the podcast uh, so you guys can learn a little bit more about him and we could get a dog dad's perspective on things. I did post on Instagram asking you guys questions you have for him and you guys gave us so many questions. So thank you very much. Um, We weren't able to use all of them, but we did save them all so we can use them in a future episode that maybe he'll he'll grace us with his presence again down the road (laughs) if we can convince him. But uh, in this episode, we talk about his dog dad priorities, how we split our dog parenting roles, how he's kind of grown as a dog dad over the years. This is a really great episode to share with someone who maybe is hesitant to get a dog or doesn't pull their weight when it comes to dog parenting, because Mike does share his advice on the subject as well. Um, One disclaimer I do want to add is that throughout this episode, we do speak in kind of like binary gender terms. So using things like he, she, dog dad, dog mom, um, men, women, that kind of thing. So if we make any like generalizing statements saying men are this way and women do this, just know that like one, we acknowledge that you can't make a general statement about an entire population. And also that we 200% do acknowledge and respect that gender is non-binary and a dog dad role or a dog mom role can be any gender. So I just wanted to throw that out there for everyone. Um, But anyway, I'm just, I'm just so proud of Michael for coming on the podcast. Uh, He kind of says it in the episode, but he is like a nerdy, non-talkative guy, which of course complements my over-talkativeness quite well. Is over-talkativeness redundant? Talkative? He compliments me because I am talkative. So (laughs) it usually works out very well. So I'm just like really, really proud of him for putting himself out there like this and being willing to come on to the podcast. It was just so great of him, especially since I pelted him with some harder questions and he even had to record it a second time because (laughs) I forgot to hit record the first time. So don't worry, he gave me a bunch of crap for that. (laughs) But I hope you guys enjoy it. Happy Father's Day to all of the dog dads or any type of dad out there. And let's get into it. All right, Michael, welcome to the With a Dog podcast. Thank you. Um, So I was thinking about titles that I wanted to name this episode, and I've decided I've decided it's going to be the underappreciated dog dad. All right. You got me sounding a little desperate there. <laughs> <laughs> For attention. Actually, 
I didn't think of it that way. Um, well, no, because we talk about Chase, Izzy's husband, being like the overprotective dog dad, which you also are, I think. Oh, I am. But but I feel like underappreciated, definitely. Like you're the you're the, you're the behind the scenes, not not necessarily of the podcast, but of like Lupin and Albie. You know, I show them all the time, mm. and you're like equal behind, but just like not shown as much and i feel bad <laughs> so you're you're <laughs> not, underrepresented not in the public eye that's for yeah. sure so okay, i would say I underrepresented but you're a white male so okay. you're fine you're not underrepresented all right <laughs> you're just underappreciated so let's go ahead and usually when i invite guests on i ask them to introduce themselves and like tell them tell everyone more about like their business or their product or whatever. So go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners. All right. We'll run through the short summary. So aside from being Carly's partner and dog dad to Lupin and Albus, I am a native Pacific Northwester, grew up in Seattle. And growing up, we had a yellow lab um, in my family. We were not animal experts to any extent or really involved in the animal world. We just kind of had that nice yellow lab growing up. Mm-hmm. That family dog. That family dog. And other than that, I'm a software engineer and a big nerd. <laughs> Very into uh, Lord of the Rings. I collect Legos. We obviously love Harry Potter, obviously, with, yeah. with the names of our dogs. Yeah. Lupin and Albus are Harry Potter characters, if people don't know. Um, I am also, I dabble in the nerdiness, not quite to your extent. Here and there. <laughs> Here and there. I, I do like a Harry Potter and a Lord of the Rings, but I, I dabble. You're more of a connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> You're a full-blown <laughs> nerd. Um, sure. anyway, so nerd, anything else? None. Okay. That's it. That's, that's it. That's, that's him. Well, this is another kind of like introduction question. I didn't really know how to phrase this, but I kind of want to, I wanted everyone to like hear, like, what's your like dog dad vibe? Like some people are like, I hike with my dogs or we go to breweries every weekend or like, like dog dads. I mean, this is obvious stereotype, but like, what's your dog dad? What's your dog parenting vibe? That's a great question. So I'm going to give two answers. Okay. Um, so the nicer answer is that I think. I enjoy the quality time with the dogs. So for Albus, quality time is snuggling. He just enjoys being on the couch right next to you, on the bed right next to you, whatever that is. He just wants to snuggle. Mm-hmm. He wants that affection. For Lupin, quality time is a walk off leash and marry more mm-hmm. or in that big dog park where he can kind of just roam and enjoy. That's his That's his passion. Yeah. His Wander love. off, try to eat something. So yeah. for me, I like... I just love being able to do that with the dogs. What makes them happy? Mm-hmm. And the second answer, the second answer is that I'm I lean into that overprotective dog dad a lot. <laughs> I have the the constant voice in the back of the head. What could go wrong? Are they going to be safe? <laughs> you know. So there's definitely that. So you're like the worrier. Oh yes, the worrier. Yeah. I know very that. nervous. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> um, especially in a situation we haven't done before. I feel like you qu- you called quality time. I feel like you really spun that like a PR spin. Really, you like to lay on the couch with the dogs. Well, yeah. You like to snuggle. Is and the an answer. occasional walk in the park. An occasional, yeah. But yeah, if they if they just laid 
by my desk all day, you know, when I'm on my computer for work and just laid there. Surrounded by your collectible Legos. That's, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is kind of the same question. This is, but this one was submitted by a listener. This is how do you think we differ as dog parents? That's a tough one. I'm very eager to hear your answer for this. So, Carly doesn't worry as much, first of all. So, yeah. Slightly easier going. I think we can agree there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like easy going is a nice way to be like, I'm lackadaisical with some stuff. And you're like, Carly. You should worry about this. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, you're able to handle things under pressure really well. So like, or what I would consider under pressure. So like giving Lupin his shot, something Mm -hmm. that would freak me out. You're able to do that easily. Or if there's a medical emergency, you can lay out those steps really quickly, really well there. I mean, you you still take your part, I feel like, in... Like, if Lupin has some explosive diarrhea or something, you'll still be willing to clean it up. Or one of them, like, throws up. You're yeah, still willing I'm not to... backing away from, from those like, responsibilities. Like, hard things. Or... But some right. stuff that you're like, I don't want to or can't do or whatever. Like, Lupin's injection every month. Yes. I get that. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think really, you know, where we differ is that I cave to their whims more and you're able to have that boundary well or say no well you know i can say no to the dogs and you can't it's like albie's kind of you know we're going to bed albie has those puppy eyes wanting to come into bed and snuggle i'm the one that's saying okay albie come up right here you lay next to me yeah and carly's like get him off the bed what are you doing and and just so everyone knows i am pro dog on the bed lupin is on the bed already Albie likes to sleep near our heads and like kick us in the middle of the night. So that's why he's not allowed on. So just for all the listeners, I'm I'm I am still pro dog on the bed. Um, and sometimes I went out. Yes, yeah, sometimes <laughs> Albie will stay and then we both regret it in the morning. <laughs> I know. That's why I do have the boundaries. So prime example of where we're differing is us two at the dog park with the dogs, how we treat them when they're off leash, what we're looking for. And for me, I feel like I'm hyper aware of what is what are they doing? Are they sniffing? Are they gearing up to dart off in one direction? Um, you know, what are the other yeah. dogs around? Who are the other people around? And I think you you might be that to a certain extent, but you're definitely not. I yeah, it's interesting. I think that's a really good point. There are definitely <laughs> I can admit when I'm wrong. There. Are, as much I'm like, Michael's a worrier. Michael's overprotective of the dogs. There have been many times at the dog park where Albie, he does not have very good recall, but we can go to an off-leash dog park that's not fully fenced in, but we can kind of go deeper into it, like Mary Moore for all the Seattle listeners. And I won't have him on leash. He'll be wandering around. And Mike's like, oh, we're kind of getting near the parking lot now. We should leash him up. And I'm like, he'll be fine. Like, he's been listening so well this whole time. And he had um, been, but as soon as he caught the glint of the windshield yeah. on the sun, like that was it. He's like, I'm headed to the he's parking like, lot. Parking See lot. You guys. I'm gone. And yeah. then he's gone. Uh, so I, th- I think that is a, that's a prime example of me being easygoing, like, like letting him have a little bit more. I think you're more optimistic with their freedom. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a little bit more pessimistic. 
Yeah, yeah. You're with you, how they're gonna use it. Yeah, exactly. So it's like as much as he's like overprotective, it's it's not actually. He just like follows the rules. Like you just <laughs> you're just like we need to do this to ensure. And oh, I'm yeah. like, well, let's see. Let's see how they go. Like, let's give them a little freedom. And sometimes it works and sometimes it comes around to bite us in the butt and we're chasing after them in the dog park screaming Yeah, I'm at the them. one running across the field to the parking lot yeah. trying to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> Probably cursing me my name the whole way. The whole way. <laughs> As I'm panting coming back. Yeah. Um, okay, next question. Kind of the same as well from a listener. How do you split the dog parenting roles? So the actual responsibilities, like how do we split those up? Yeah, so your your daily responsibilities, just basic feeding, exercising, those kind of things. We split fairly evenly, right? I we think try so. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Between the two of them, you know, they're having different needs at this point. But whether we're just rotating who's doing what or... Um, who has which dog for the day? I feel like we we split it pretty good. Yeah. So where we where we differ, and I think where we um, deviate from that is that um, Carly's more interested in trying the newer thing with the dogs. How can we keep things fresh? So like homemade dog treats or puzzle toys for them, and I'm just looking out for how can we make them happy day to day. Like the yeah. cuddles, the being out in the sun, whatever that might be. I agree with exactly what you said. Like, I'll do the extras. Like, I'm like, let's give them this puzzle toy and this snuffle mat. And you're like, I'll give them extra love. That's like, that's where you put your the yes. extra work in. You're yes. like, I will give them extra pets for like an hour. And I'm like, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good because then we get to discover things like puzzle toys and yeah, yeah. And then they're happy campers. So. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's that kind of like rounds out the like more about you, how you dog parent questions that we got. The next one, did the two of you want a first and second dog or did one of you convince the other? So like each time we got the dog, did mm, okay. did one of us want the dog more than the other, want a dog more than the other? Right. So it was different for each dog. We'll preface that. Yeah. So for Lupin, the decision was pretty interesting. <laughs> um, so off the bat, I think Carly was definitely the driving force there, a little bit more than myself. Um, <laughs> we talked through like Just what we wanted, bit. and I think we both decided we wanted a rescue dog. We both didn't have experience, personal experience with it yet. Well. Yeah, like I worked in rescues and stuff and like in the vet field. And so I had a right. lot of dog experience like in that way. But neither of us grew up with a rescue dog. Neither yeah. of us grew up with the rescue dog. But you, but where what gave us confidence that we wanted the rescue, that we could handle a rescue was your experience and the confidence you gained through that. Yeah. So that was helpful. But so being the more worried dog dad... <laughs> I, I leaned into some of those preconceptions with the rescue dogs that they're going to have behavioral issues that will be hard to overcome mm. and that it would make it very challenging for us in our living situation at the time, being in an apartment, having a cat. Um, yeah, know, that's that, right. Th this could make it the cat. more difficult. Yeah. So I was the worrier, of course, with all of this. I was but at the same nervous. time, I know I think that neither of us wanted a puppy 
either. Correct. So we, it's kind of like did not. When there was nervousness about the rescue, but also we were like, hell no, do we want right. the puppy life? So Carly kind of latched on to the Posado Safe Haven case with these hound dogs with, mm-hmm. you know, these American fox hounds. And we ended up going out and visiting and... It was a case where all of the dogs happened to fit that stereotype of the, you know, little to no human interaction. They were all that classic rescue dog. Yeah. You'd go and sit in the kind of that outdoor kennel space and they wouldn't really approach you, even if you had treats in your hands. Yeah, they were all just so... I mean, that's Lupin's rescue story is like a story for another time. But yeah, like we would sit in the kennel. Like, in the corner with our hands out with treats, like, our faces turned away so that we wouldn't even be looking at the dogs. And they still wouldn't approach us. We'd be sitting there for, like, 20 minutes. They were, like, not – they were fearful and also not interested. Right. And and so I'm sure (laughs) – so Thinking back it's a very on it. different experience growing up with a yellow lab that just (laughs) wants love and affection to going to a dog that has almost no interest, right? So yeah, but but we still had the attachment to those dogs. To we did taking on a challenge, and at the end of the day, you had confidence that we could take this on, that we would be effective parents for this rescue. Yeah, and. I think that my nervousness never really went away for a while, even after we adopted him. Mm-hmm. But it was more or less just trust that with your confidence that we can handle this, that yes, we can and that I, I can get over it. So That's really, I'm very, thank you for trusting me. I'm very surprised. <laughs> like I said, now, it took looking... several months to believe that yeah. or just actually realize that. <laughs> now that looking back like at that whole scenario... And we're like 23, 24. And I'm like, yeah, we can handle this. And we we could. Like, I don't think it was misplaced trust, obviously. Like, Lupin's an amazing dog. And I think we made the right decision. But looking back on it now, I'm like very impressed that you trusted me in that situation. It wasn't situation. without its challenges. <laughs> yeah. You know, being in an apartment with a cat. Yeah. With a dog that wouldn't even take the elevator. So, I mean, yeah. the story's for another day. Yeah. But, yes. Okay. So, that was Lupin. And then Albie. So Albie seems like the simpler story. Um, mm-hmm. We had been talking about a second dog and why we wanted a second dog, what kind of second dog we would want. And I feel like we were just on the same pages. Like there wasn't as much mm-hmm. um, disconnect or anything there. Yeah. It was just, yeah, yeah, we totally agree. We want a second dog. Mm-hmm. This is why. This is what we want. And Albie pop- popped up on the radar relatively quickly. I think it really helped also when we went and visited Albie. He was right off the bat, like super snuggly and he loved men. So oh, yeah. you were extra on board. <laughs> I know. He ran up immediately to me, sat down next to me, wanted pets, yeah. put his paw up. He just wants love and affection. And yeah, that which works, is, that which works is well. <laughs> the type of dog dad Michael is. So it was perfect. <laughs> yes, it really was. Especially since Lupin's a little mama's boy. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, Okay. This is a great one. It kind of wraps into the last question. So what advice do you have for the couples out there 
that like us where one person in the relationship really wanted a dog and the other one is hesitant so like what was it about you kind of touched on it but like when we got Lupin how did I convince you really (laughs) or like or like yeah like just any advice I think yeah fair enough so for me I think it was understanding like why am I hesitant why am I nervous and what can be done about it and I think the reason I was hesitant was a little bit just of unknown situations. We hadn't been through that before. I hadn't handled a rescue dog. So I feel like we're just kind of going into uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. So what helps to overcome that is that you had experience or you were gaining experience with your work. Yeah, yeah. And then and the, for those that don't work in that, there is a lot of resources online. Mm-hmm. There are ways you There's can research. There's some great dog to to, podcasts out there. I hear. <laughs> I hear that too. Um, <laughs> but there's ways to to learn more, right? Um, yeah. At a rescue, there's adoption advisors that can help you understand, like getting you the right fit for your lifestyle, your situation, and that's really the second part is, is like understand what what lifestyle you and your partner want, and then does a dog fit into that? Or can a dog or a type of dog fit into that lifestyle well? Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like the type of dog. I mean, Izzy and I have talked about this in previous episodes of like how to adopt a dog and things like that. But it's like if one person is hesitant, is it are they hesitant because they have a friend who has an Australian Shepherd and they see them mm. exercising the dog constantly or having to like you know, like constantly and stimulate still the dog. Off the walls. Yes. Yeah. And then they're like, I can't do that. Like I can't, we can't fit that into our lifestyle, but maybe they could fit a different type of dog into their lifestyle. And so maybe that would overcome the hesitancy. So yeah. So it's like finding the source of the hesitancy. Understand yeah. the concerns. Yeah. And root cause from there. Yeah. Yours was probably, you were just nervous because it was a new thing. And yep. you're nervous with Just any and all. Just a little bit all... of a fear of the unknown. And, yeah. And... Any and all new things you're nervous about to yes. begin with. That's just with. a personality trait. That's that, That's where we just differ as humans. I'm like, let's just jump in blindly. And you're like, let's think about this yeah. and be nervous for it, about it for oh, months. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. <laughs> and maybe just the last point here is that if if there's just a split decision can't make up your mind about whether you're willing to be able to commit to that. Like you can't convince yourself. Lean into the the relationship a little bit. Do you trust your partner? Hmm. They think that they have the confidence to do that. Can you just lean into that trust? Yeah. And feel like that you guys can handle that together. That's a good point. Like if if one of the people in the partnership was like, adamant like did the research they were like i can confidently say i think we can do this together very much so here's how it's gonna work Uh, yeah if you're in a stable like solid relationship i think yeah to a certain extent it's just like do you trust that other person with this life decision and moving forward with it um yeah but but to qualify we said hesitant. So it's like if one person is hesitant, if one person is like, I cannot take care of another being, then do <laughs> not get an, a dog. Like, don't force anyone to get No. A dog. I mean, if yeah. they just say, I'm a dog person, I'm allergic, I can't handle that. Yeah. If, if, if they're like, I'm not, like, I have no interest in this, 
and they are adamant, then I think, you know, or they have serious concerns about caring for the dog and providing like all of that, then I think it makes sense. Like those are deeper issues. It's not just a hesitancy or nervousness. I think I think our advice or your advice was like for hesitancy. I just yep. wanted to qualify that. Just fit into the lifestyle that you guys want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to qualify that. Okay, so these questions I'm very excited about. This was more. This is kind of goes into the title of the whole like underappreciated dog dad vibe, or the underappreciated dog dad topic, because. So it's basically, the question is, why do you think dog dads don't have the same sense of community or they aren't a thing like dog moms are? And what I mean by that is like, especially on Instagram, you know, you see like hashtag dog mom life and things like that. I feel like there are dog dads on Instagram, don't get me wrong, but either it's like, you know, like one of those like fireman's calendar like with like shirtless guys with dogs, <laughs> like it's it's all very like it's really just still just for the dog moms. Battered man's best friend. Yeah, like. yeah. It, it's just like all happy go lucky. Yeah, but it's it, it's not like a community type of thing. Or I right. haven't. I don't feel like I've come across it at least, and I don't think you really have either. So why do you think there isn't that community out there as strong as the dog mom community? That's a good question. So I haven't come across it. I don't think I've actively sought it out. That might be just a combination of my personality. And then what I get out of dog parenting is more or less just my companionship with the dog. Like and individual. Then, right. Individual yeah, yeah. companionship. And then a little bit, it's like you're already active, right? I don't, you know, mm. you have your community groups. I can kind of vicariously when I'm interested connect there. That's true. Like I, I am. But if I were to look for something specific, you know, maybe one reason why you don't see it as much, and this is, you know, a little bit of a theory crafting here. Don't know for sure. But um, it could just go to the fact that men are expected or like have maybe that self expectation of being able to problem solve and do it themselves. Mm. So what people might actively seek a community for is to help have a you like know, place to voice to concerns or yeah. ask questions, um, reach out, connect with others. Maybe that's something that it feels like you have to do that. You might be failing as a parent, as like, oh, as a man, maybe. Yeah, it's because it's it goes into a caring role. Like, it's not just like, how do I find this right I don't know, like, how do I build a fence? Like, things that you see on Reddit or whatever, like, that guys are posting and asking about. But it's actually, like, a, it's actually about, like, taking care of a being. Right. And I'm not saying this is right yeah. or anything or I'm speaking for everyone. But I think that's to a certain degree. Like, for myself personally, we go to the vet and they're starting to speak a bunch of clinical terms. You seem to understand them really well, but I'm sitting there like, I have absolutely no idea what was just said. And I'm like, I feel so uncomfortable speaking up and asking. Oh, yeah. Like you would rather go home and Google. Right. I would rather. What that stuff like, is than like ask this at is, that this moment. This is a personal and, deficiency is my thought rather than like. Yeah. Um, just a normal one. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that does make sense because 
my favorite thing about connecting with the like dog mom community is learn like being able to commiserate about our dogs or learning new you know enrichment toys or like whatever and if the ideology that maybe men have is is the whole like do it yourself kind of thing or like I need to know have this knowledge already that that makes sense I think it's that I think that's a good working I mean I don't think there's an actual answer to this I think that that's like a decent working theory though maybe yeah, so basically one of the possibilities perhaps what i'm hearing is maybe there's some like fragile masculinity at play with the wider men out there of like i need to take care of my dog possibly myself and, and i'm sure part of it goes down to like the perceived like dog mom community has such dominant control over mm. like from a marketing aspect i'm sure that ads other things communities are much more geared towards yeah maybe the vast majority that are interested in connecting yeah. with our woman or i feel like a lot of the dog dad stuff like i said it's either like shirtless guys with puppies which is obviously more for the viewing pleasure i'm pretty sure of the dog moms or i feel like the man the dog dad communities that I do see sometimes they're like so masculine as in like like it's all about like training and like command your dog and like that kind of stuff which is also definitely not everyone's vibe either like all not all men's vibe yeah, so I see that anyway that was a good answer I think well I think it's the whole you know there's that example of like men will never like stop and ask for directions or something there's like that stereotype and i feel oh, like yeah. that's <laughs> i feel like that's kind of it like what you're saying is like the whole stopping and and like asking for help it it, it takes an emotionally mature person i feel like women are more likely to stop and ask for help than men are in in like a gen very general stereotype that's like the mm -hmm. stereotype out there so maybe that's what you're saying yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's a high level summary. That's a good, good summary. Cool, that was fun. Okay, um, <laughs> on to same kind of topic, but advice for supporting dog dads while dog moms are doing the dog mom things. So, as I said, if there is that community lacking, like from the last question, then how do dog dads like? What are ways that dog dads like? could be feel supported still so i think first and foremost is making sure that they are having an equal share of the responsibilities that they're mm. invested in doing that themselves and doing it independently right yeah so an example for lupin is you know knowing his med schedule that's something that we both have to be on the same page for we should like i shouldn't have to say you know what's his pills for today carly like mm -hmm. i can't feed him breakfast because yeah. I don't actually know what should go in it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, are the dogs, do the dogs have all their vaccines? It's like, yeah, like you, like the dog dad should know that. Yes, you should. what you're saying. Yeah. So the dad yeah. should be able to know all those, those basics, provide and do perform the basics of dog care and everything. And then I would say spend time with the dog alone, take, take him on walks find an activity, cuddle with them, whatever it is, whatever that alone yeah. time is, build the bond so that 
you know, the dog isn't always a mama's boy. We tried Lupin. But. Yeah, Lupin. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you have independent time with Lupin, though. I do. And yeah. I think... And it strengthens your bond, I do think. It does. Like, yeah. we had a period in London where I was working from home. And I was the primary carer for Lupin in certain ways throughout the day. And yeah, I think it was noticeably different how Lupin would react to me and his mood towards me. So I think that makes sense. Okay, so independent time with the dogs and make sure that they actually are equal in the dog parenting. Yeah. And then lastly is I think a lot of like for us especially. Yeah. You are the public face of the dogs on Instagram, other things. Mm. I'm not really interested in being the public eye as much, but it doesn't mean that I still don't want pictures with them for our own collection, other mm. things. So, so split the fun things, right? If you're taking, if I'm taking pictures of you, hand off the camera, get some pictures with them yourself. Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah, because there was there were a lot of times in the UK where we'd be on a trip or we'd, I'd be like, oh, take my Instagram photo of Lupin because you are behind the camera. And you always, yeah, you were always like, whenever I'd say, oh, do you want the picture? You'd be like, yeah. Yeah, my turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, That's a good fun. point. So like it's splitting the fun things. I like that. Good answer. Okay. Last question. And this was, this is actually a little bit of like my own question slash other questions mixed in. But how has your opinions, um, preconceived notions, you know, things you've learned, all of that, like, how has that changed over the years of having a dog? So you've now been a dog dad for seven years, at like of Lupin, like since we got Lupin, it's been seven years. So I guess it's like, what have you learned during that time slash what's changed in your mind and that is a good question because i think it's a lot yeah i feel like my mindset has changed drastically i think first and foremost it's like what kind of dog are you even interested in because rewind seven eight years ago i don't know if i would have ever said a hound yeah Um, i'm sure i would have said a lab like what i grew up with or what i viewed as the breed that i wanted with like Almost no justification as to why. So, for example, I was hung up on having either a pug or a husky because I thought they were. Which is wide, wildly <laughs> different to begin with. Very different. That's right. Very, very different issues you have there. Um, but like now, yeah, having learned more about breeds and differences and other things, neither of those would have worked well for us mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Um, and the hound breed actually really does. So. In terms of like what we want, what fits with us, that has changed in my mind a lot. Yeah. Now I know a little bit more realistically what different breeds mean mm-hmm. from an ownership perspective and the expectations that you yeah. have around that. I think that's such a that's such a good one of because I remember I remember back in the day when I was like, oh, what kind of dogs do you like? And it's like husky. Like, oh, why? Oh, they're just so fluffy and pretty or like whatever, which is where I think a lot of people are. Like, I'm not, there was no judgment there. I think a lot of people don't know a lot about the breeds. They just want that breed because they think they're pretty or something. And Oh, totally. Anyway, keep going. That's that's such a good example. So I think the other aspect that I've gotten more comfortable with over time is, is dealing with the unknown. 
to a certain extent. Part of that comes with experience. We've gone through a lot of different situations. So I feel like I'm not as nervous in certain ways that I was seven years ago because we've been through it. We've been through it before. We've gotten to know what to do in those circumstances. And speaking of, the easy suggestion is pet insurance. Rewinding seven years ago, that would have paid back so much money. (laughs) So much. Everyone get pet insurance. That's that's a learning. That's that's an easy learning to pass off. Um, It's not. It doesn't fix everything. But no, it doesn't fix everything. But when like when we heard it from the vet the first time, it kind of just felt like one of those add-ons. They're just trying to get more money out of you. Mm -hmm. But like legitimately, I think it's a very worthwhile investment. That's a good learning. So like what you were saying earlier, though, like, you know, more with experience. I think that's a really good point. Going back to that earlier question of like, if someone's hesitant to get a dog, it like, yeah, it doesn't like, help. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it, you, you don't learn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like you just have to some stuff you just have to learn, but it gets easier over time is what you're saying. Yes, very much. So. Yeah. 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 And I think. What Maybe the, the last point for things I've learned is is a little bit more of how a rescue dog stereotype, how many of them there are and how much how how widely varying your rescue experience can be, right? Yeah. That a lot of these are stereotypes and that with the right training, the right level of commitment, it's not gonna be an impossible situation. I mean, there will be more challenging rescue dogs and i hope that the adoption advisors of the world help to communicate that and recognize that but i definitely think it's something where you can encourage others not to shy away from it that's a good call because i think i think you were about as green as you almost as green as you could get with like getting our first dog yes you know like it was like you grew up with the nice yellow lab who was like the sweetest dog ever and was really easy and and you didn't know a bunch about other dogs on the whole. Totally. So at least you did have some exotic Very dog experience. Like at degree. least you grew up with one, you know, so it wasn't too bad. But yeah, I think that's really good to hear though, that you that you have been able to easily be a successful rescue dog dad of two rescue dogs and you don't feel like it was that hard. So I feel like that's a good thing for to send out to the world. It has been at times, but it's but, manageable. But not because they're rescues. Not because they're rescues, just because they're balls of challenges themselves. Yeah, just because they're complicated. <laughs> yeah, complicated. Yeah. Okay. I think that rounds out the interview. Um, Maybe we'll have you on again and ask all of the other like trivia e type of questions down the road. So you can look forward to me begging you to come back on the podcast. Episode two. <laughs> yeah. Episode Dog two. Dog Dad Returns. Dog Dad Returns. It'll come out sometime in the next three years, probably, <laughs> when I can convince him to come on again. My yearly appearance. Yeah. Um, last question though. This is the With a Dog podcast. So why do you choose life with a dog? Well, not to sound like a broken record, but it's definitely the companionship. Having someone that loves you back (laughs) and someone to love. Apparently I'm not enough. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we end.
And we're done. <laughs> okay, plug your info for everyone to if they want to find you, Michael. I don't have any. Don't come and find me. <laughs> if you really want to, reach out through Carly. I don't do social media. <laughs> He's like, don't find me. Don't DM me. Don't. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you want to find us, it's at with a dog podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Facebook group is called I'm with the dog. And we'll see you next week. Bye. All content on with a dog podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace professional advice, treatment or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer or behaviorist.